great. What planet am I on? So take me back, though. I want to hear from the beginning. You start in, in, in the United States. How did you get into the Army? Was it, did you oh, decide? Did yeah, in? start from the beginning. It was a tragic. Yeah. <laughs> when I graduated from high school, yeah. 1942, wow. I went out to the Minneapolis U.S. Navy office at the airport. It was called Wold Chamberlain at that time, not Minneapolis uh, Airport. Wold Chamberlain. Really? And the Navy had a big operation up there. I took the tests and, may, and, and passed. And then they told me, well, we got so many waiting to go to the... It's a 90-day deal. And uh, 30 days at Iowa City, which was the University of Iowa. Mm-hmm. 30 days back in Minneapolis flying, and 30 days down in Texas, and then you're assigned to go out to the Pacific and, and get killed. Oh, my <laughs> God. So, anyways, they, they tell me, well, things are so crowded at Iowa City, you're going to have to wait. Mm-hmm. So I think I waited for four months or something like that. To go to boot camp? To go to to go to Iowa City. To train. And finally got the word. Right. And then somebody, one of the officers said, well, we better give everybody a, 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 a eye test. And I flunked. You flunked an eye test? I flunked oh, the no. eye test. It was pretty close to begin with, but it was, I flunked it. Yeah. So they said, well, you got two choices at that time. You can go back into the regular Navy or you can go home. And I said, well, I would like to become an officer. And he said, well, you can't do that. Because I, I didn't, you know, I just graduated from high school. I, had all, I didn't have any further education. Right. So they didn't want me. ROTC would have been the thing. Anyways, yeah. three days later, I got my draft card from the local draft board. Wow. And I was told to go to Fort Snelling, and I washed dishes and made beds and picked up cigarettes and did all kinds of things for about three weeks. And I was thinking, I was home every night. So that was kind of neat, you know, go out to Fort Snelling and do my thing. And I thought, boy, this Army life is great. And... Uh, then uh, I got my assignment, and they put us on a train and took us down to a little place called Hitchcock, Texas. Hitchcock is uh, almost to, um, what's the island? Um, Paris Island? Or, uh, oh, uh, you mean the, like Paris Island? Uh, Out of Houston. What's the, oh, Houston. Uh, What's the name of that island? Galveston. Yes, thank you. It's it's about 10 miles away from Galveston. Okay. Across the the water. Anyways, um, I was in an anti-aircraft operation and um, learning how to shoot down airplanes by automatic control of these Bofor 40s. Have you been to the Fort Sheridan 
the Newport Sheridan uh, Park? No, no. They've got a Bofors there that's an emplacement as, as you walk down to the lake. It's a county, t it's a, actually it's a county uh, park at Fort Sheridan. It's a very large caliber weapon, obviously. Yeah, it's okay. a 40 millimeter. Oof. Okay. And these are electronically controlled okay. by a screen. Yeah. Um, anyways, uh, we went through basic training there. Okay. Then they, I meantime, as much time as I could spend away, I went to Ellington Field in Houston and took the Air Corps test okay. and passed. But before they do anything for me, they transferred me to Fort Bliss, Texas, which is a way across the, to the western part of Texas. Why? Yeah, to be uh, in a brand new anti-aircraft outfit. So did they like your skills? Like you were you were doing yeah, well? Yeah, you were succeeding? Was, yeah. So, okay. yeah. so we trained there, and I became a driver of a half-track. And we went out into the desert and hit the hummocks yeah. and uh, ruined the desert as far as I could <laughs> see. Anyway, yeah. uh, we trained on that, and finally... My call came to go to Shepherd Field. I was now going to be in the Air Corps. Whoa, okay. So they put me on a train, and I went to Shepherd Field, which is at, um, uh, let's see, what the hell is the name of the town? North of Texas. Uh, it's in Texas. Not for Dallas Fort Worth. No, that's kind can't of. Think of the name can't of the think town. of Texas right now. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, all it's right. okay. Yeah. Anyways, get in there, and I'm sitting and taking tests because they want to see what kind of a pilot I'm going to be. I, you know, I pilot. could be a fighter pilot, or I could be uh, a bomber pilot, or just about anything. But I thought you the eyesight. Yeah, I passed the. You eyes. passed again. Okay, passed good. The eyes. <laughs> yeah. And. Uh, mm -hmm. So we're sitting in there t and we're taking tests and this major came in and called attention to everybody and he had this telegram he was waving at me and it, it was all a bunch of gobbledygook as far as we were concerned, you know, all military talk. Mm -hmm. But uh, he says, uh, basically men, all from the ground forces back to the ground forces, that's me. So now I'm out of the Air Corps. <laughs> I go back to Fort Bliss just in time for the whole outfit to be cleaned out and shipped to all different places, and I get this gold as a 75th Division in Morganfield, Kentucky. Okay. Now I'm in the infantry. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Yeah, and I guess it's an adjunct. You know, yeah. I was so dumb and young. <laughs> yeah. Uh, when we left Fort Snelling, when it was first and then drafted, yeah. and now I'm going to take the train down to Hitchcock, yeah. uh, the streetcar was our transportation. It would back up across the Mississippi River to Fort Snelling, mm -hmm. and we'd load up there and take us to St. Paul to get on the train. Yeah. So. My dad and mother were there to say goodbye to me, and we're standing on the back of the platform of the streetcar, my buddy and, and uh, 
I hear my dad yell at me, stay out of the infantry. And, <laughs> and I turned around to my buddy and I said, what the hell does he mean? What's the infantry? Oh, I, no. <laughs> I have no idea. What, you know, who, who's going to, who's thinking about that? Yeah. So... Oh. That's a, quite a story. <laughs> so now I'm in the infantry. You're in the infantry. Yeah. Now, what was your assignment in the infantry? Well, I um, uh, was a squad leader. And I had a squad, except I didn't have a squad uh-huh. once I went to the hospital yeah. <laughs> in <laughs> so London. What was the MO? What was your MO? Or, uh, 274 or something like that. I, I can't remember all. It's okay. It's yeah. a, like, what was your, your squad leader, but like, was there a specialty that you, like, I know you eventually were, became a marksman, a sniper, right? Yeah. Well, How? I was just kind of a, I, I just had no squad anymore. And a matter of fact, the, um, I was a corporal and I should have been a sergeant. Mm-hmm. And uh, the captain, sometime, in the Ardennes, called me in and said he was going to uh, put me in for staff sergeant. This is while you were in the States still training? No, or no this, this is, was across. This is when we were in foxholes oh in God. the Ardennes. But how did, you, how did you eventually make it over to, you went to either France first or you went to Holland, or Belgium first? Or what did you... Like, what was the, take me to when you left oh, the United well, States. I didn't have a squad anymore because I'd, they'd kick me out of the, you know, they'd, everything's gone. What do you mean everything's gone? Like, <laughs> like it, they, they got deployed? They were deployed? Or what do you mean you, they were gone? Yeah, I mean, they were, somebody else took over for them. I can't even remember who it was. Oh, who took oh, over. Gotcha. No, oh, gotcha. I'm no longer. You were no longer But he was going to, but the captain said, well, I'm going to. Gonna uh, put in for uh, uh, put you in for uh, staff, which is the, the right thing. Well, two days later, he gets hit. I thought he died, but I find out later after the war that uh, he didn't die. He he was in bad shape, and he he told me when he got back to the aid station, he, there was a friend there who gave him a Hershey bar. <laughs> And he says that damn near killed him because what? he because he'd been hit in the stomach. Oh my God! He took huh? on a tank. Yikes! With a bazooka, and of course you don't take on a tank with a bazooka. It doesn't. It's not gonna. <laughs> Anyways, he went out. I was sitting in a drift, and I was looking out, and the jeep had somebody on the on the uh, the hood. Uh huh. And we're taking them back, and that was the captain. Wow. So now we got a new captain. Yeah. Who was the executive officer? So no more sergeant for me because I don't know who the hell I'm. You can lead, right? Yeah. Yeah. Where? How did you eventually get deployed overseas? Take me like where you were in the states, or were you in? We were in the states. We went to Camp Shanks. Okay. Spent a couple of days at Camp Shanks, mm-hmm. then took that train down the Hudson River. Right. Loaded up on a ship. Okay. Went to Swansea, Wales, and then to Haverford West, which would be the probably as far west as you can get in Wales, closer to Ireland than you are to England. 
Anyways, uh, uh, that's about it. It's, you know, you take so you're taking the ship over to Wales. Yeah. Did you have any idea what you were getting into? Not really. No. <laughs> okay. No. You just. Yeah. You're dependent. You. I'm so lucky that it was a division that we went over with. Because if I've gone in as a replacement, it's hard to make friends right away mm-hmm. as a replacement. Nobody's going to tell you what the hell's going on mm-hmm. until you prove yourself. Right. So we'd already gone through an awful lot before mm-hmm. we even got got there as far as training and so on. So we were more depend up, depending on our buddies. Yeah, and when you you say you went to Wales, um, take me through when you were going through Europe or where did you go from? You went from Wales from to... Wales to to London on a three day pass okay. to the hospital right. to Southampton ship to going across to La Havre as a division now. Yeah. Okay, and then in France. Just short, just a short period of time before on up to Holland yeah. and uh, joining the British, I forget what it would be, the 9th or the 8th or the 9th Army, whatever Montgomery was in charge of. It was something that Eisenhower had to do because yeah. keep peace between all these nations. Right. Um, so it didn't make too much difference to to us, you know, because uh-huh. <laughs> we're taking orders from our own officers who are getting their orders from other officers. Yeah. Did you feel as if you were appreciated when you were in Holland and, you know, Belgium and you were going to these different cities? Did you feel the locals appreciated that oh, we were there? Oh, they just loved us. Yeah. Belgium loved us. I have nothing to say but good things for the Belgian people because, boy, they really took, tried to take care of us. You said they were serving you coffee? Now, the French were a little bit different. Of course, you got a damn language (laughs) problem. (laughs) And uh, when we, in the Colmar pocket, we were supposed to be protecting, again, the tanks that were given to the to the French by the U.S. Army, yeah. and uh, these tanks, these guys wouldn't, they either didn't understand what we were talking about, because we're supposed to be leading them, yeah. and protecting them, and they, we never saw them really. They were just, uh, they were just there. Yeah, did you when you went into being a sniper, did they train you? To, to be a marksman, a long shooter, or was that something that you kind of no, fell well, into? <laughs> I've been a shooter all my life, of okay. course. Yeah. Back, I think I got my first rifle, I was nine years old. And from there on, you know, I just, I just knew how to shoot. Yeah. And uh, no, I didn't take any training. Uh, there was a couple of guys that took special training, but they were weren't around very long after the war, after they were getting into combat. I was ready to throw mine, you know, if you you were caught with a sniper's rifle, you were dead. By whom? 
Well, if you were taken prisoner. Oh, but prisoner, okay, yeah. If they, you're not even going to be a prisoner. You're going to be dead. They didn't so like you. So you're ready to throw <laughs> the damn rifle away. Really? You bet. Because they, they, there was a lot of uh, hatred for right. tactical right. shooters, right? Yeah. 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 Wow. And you knew that? Yeah. Today? Okay. Yeah. What did you? What What type of rifle did you use? It was a, it was a 1903 A3 Springfield with scope. With scope. Yep. What, how how long of a distance? Thirty caliber. Thirty caliber. Uh, I don't know. I've I, I'm trying to review that, and I don't know how. <laughs> how far. I worked in a, at the Twin City Arsenal when I got back, mm-hmm. <clears throat> only because I could strip down every weapon that they're building ammunition for. Yeah. And uh, the. Uh, it was at New Brighton, Minnesota, out of Minneapolis, St. Paul, mm-hmm. and uh, it was thirty. They, they were making ammunition for the uh, thirty caliber rifles, the thirty caliber. Uh, I'm, I, my mind is going on the. the can't think of what it's, it, most officers had a smaller 30 caliber rifle. Okay. And then the 50 caliber uh, ammunition for the machine guns. And mm-hmm. What was the longest distance you felt you were confident shooting from? Well, I could do with a, about 200 yards, I think, and then oh. that would be about it. And then uh, oh, my idea about about the arsenal, knowing how the ammunition can be different. Mm-hmm. That uh, even though you've got perfect conditions to shoot with a rifle on a stand that's locked into a stand, mm-hmm. to, to go for the target, yeah. there's no way that each bullet is going to do the same thing because of the charge the powder charge mm-hmm. and the way it's manufactured, you do things you defects you don't see. So they, wow. what they do is uh, retest everything that we test. Yeah. Actually, before they get it, we have tested it, and then the government employees test the same thing, give the same thing. But uh, yeah, they. You can't depend on your ammunition unless you're going to be a true uh, loader of of uh, the uh, of the ammunition. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Did you you said that uh, when you met the the Nazis, the Germans at the Bulge, um, you said that they were in the trees and they were take me through that 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 skirmish or that battle or that you know that day. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's pretty well. It's pretty well covered. Yeah. Uh, but I want to hear your experience. Yeah. I want to hear your. <laughs> uh, you can see that it's snow. It's cold. Yeah. Um, the some of them got overshoes. If you got overshoes, watch out because those overshoes make you sweat, and that means you're going to be cold as the dickens. If you, you know. Really. Uh, 
your everything's going to get damp, and the damp means trench foot. Wow! So you wouldn't want those boots? No, those, like, I wouldn't want. Over, I would not want overshoes. Overshoes. No. Okay. They few of them had them. Okay. But um, that's another thing. I'm dressed here. You see, everybody's got their winter coats on, which are heavy and really not that warm. We're looking at Amer these are yeah, American troops. But I, I okay. had a tanker's jacket that I stole. <laughs> Where are you? A from going over, I'm riding the tanks. You a know, tanker's I, jacket, I, okay. I found, I found a tanker's jacket. Well, a tanker's jacket is uh, got uh, wool lining and okay. then windproof oh, outers. Two, two things. So now yeah. Also, when I was with the British, I got a thing that went over the head that uh, would be like a dickey. And that saved my comfort yeah. for a long time there because I could keep it up there, keep the heat in the neck and and uh, keep it up there where my helmet was covering everything. What would you say were the three keys to survival just with the weather, those conditions yeah, there? What yeah, were the right. three keys? Surviving in the weather. And then I remember where we dug foxholes in one spot and now the word came through that the Germans had uh, taken captive of all the jeeps, and they've got English-speaking people uh -huh. riding the jeeps who are uh, infiltrating. And uh, we're supposed to insist on passwords and I can remember really? I worried I worried about the password because they, most of the passwords are about baseball players or baseball <laughs> in New York. Well, so these the were German the, German troops that German spoke troops, English. Yeah, speaking English, okay. riding American jeeps oh. that they've captured. captured. Would they have a uniform? American yeah, uniform they'd too? have the uniform, everything, oh, and wow. uh, so we're to watch for them, and we're to ask for. Because because the Germans don't know about baseball, right? Of course. See? Oh my God! Yeah. yeah. Except I didn't know about baseball either. <laughs> <laughs> you know about hockey, maybe from Minnesota. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, well, it um, the infantry is one of the things that I would not <laughs> advise anybody. Even the officers who were, you know, platoon leaders, yeah. fresh out of Fort Benning, Georgia, yeah. as lieutenants, yeah. they got so badly injured. Some of them are, uh, first one was uh, Lieutenant Bowman. Nobody really liked him, and a lot of the guys said that if he ever got ahead of them, that he might be shot. <laughs> <laughs> Really, he was, yeah. he was a, yeah. a little bastard. A little bastard. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, he made, well, the reason that they were getting excited because he would cut their uh, cut them out of passes to town and so on for just in, any infringement. Yeah. And uh, uh, he wasn't a very nice officer. Well, he was the first to go. Wow. And How? Shell came in in his foxhole. And that was it. Yeah. Yeah, and he was an only child 
we find out many years later he was an only child and it really knocked out his parents there. Wow, oh man. And, uh, Did they, you said and, there were 90, 93 days you said of you were in combat? 93? 94 days. 94 days. Yeah. During that time, what would you say was you did you face the Germans the whole time or was there any other forces that oh, that were coming oh, in? We were we were uh, facing Germans, yeah. Just the whole What was the most dangerous thing about them? Did you think? Well, the most dangerous is uh, drawing fire, drawing uh, uh, artillery fire. Okay. Yeah, because uh, no matter where you are, you got to. They're not going to shoot on. They're not going to fire on their own troops. So right. the only way you can do is get going and get as fast as you can to get up to them. Right. Okay. Because the guys in the back are going to get hit. Right. Yeah. Was there anything superior as far as their uh, their military weapons or oh, anything? That... Well, yes, yes, there was superior. They were uh, they had uh, tanks, Panzers, right? The Panzer, yeah, Panzer tanks. Yeah. yeah, and they had the eighty eights, which we didn't have. From up, was that yeah, the eighty eights or the special ammunition? And, oh, okay. And they also had. I don't know, I guess you call them Neville Wipers or something like that, uh, which would fire off rockets and uh, slow you down. And they were, they, they just, they had, of course, they're, they're equipped because it's, it's their land. Yeah. Did you, you were a young kid, did you have any grasp of how important this war was? No. No? No. No, not not when I was young. Mm -hmm. I remember uh, we played war games in uh, along the Minnehaha Creek, and the guys that were sponsoring it ended up at West Point in Annapolis, and uh, they were really into this military stuff, and I. It just went over my head. I, I wasn't thinking about that. I was thinking about other things, I guess. Years later, when you watch movies and documentaries, how accurate? Like, what's been the most well, accurate? Well, I'd say, you know, Saving Private, Private Ryan. Ryan. I okay. want to ask you about that. Okay. The noise. Yeah. The noise was uh, the biggest thing. I don't care about what they were doing. They, yeah. you know, that's a bunch of BS. <laughs> but... Uh, Yes, the, they did get the noise just right because it, war is noisy, and they, they you use your ears to find out what who's got who's who's where and who's coming and who's doing things. Mm -hmm. Did you see the? I always again, I obviously don't know. I wasn't there, but that first scene of storming Normandy, uh, the beaches. Was I thought it was an amazing scene. Yeah. Did you talk or have friends that talked about that at all? How if it was accurate? No, no, yeah. none of us. Yeah. None of us talked about that. Uh, yeah. As far as I could see. Yeah. No, just uh, well, we were doing our own thing. Yeah. Was there yeah. a was there a feel of 
um, was there good communication within the army and the, the armed forces of knowing who's winning where and well they're supposed to tell you right you know, and their whole intelligence operation mm-hmm. is supposed to keep him keep the officers you know knowing what the hell is going on mm-hmm. when you're and when you're in the middle of it they they always say that famous phrase the fog of war where there's a lot of confusion and you know there's a lot of going on no. was that accurate as no, far as i'd say that um, you have to depend there's always somebody that's going to get up and save your ass <laughs> okay i know that yeah 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 and, uh, you don't know who it's going to be but all of a sudden things can happen you know if you're pinned down someone's going to get up and start spraying the lid and uh, it's going to help mm-hmm. and get to the rest of us moving yeah and it isn't just one guy that does it you never know who the hell's going to do it yeah. when you, you you said you were at the bulge the bulge with the the, the fighting yeah did you um at any time did did, did you um were you nervous obviously you nervous for your life but was there an instance where you maybe, oh my God, this could be a, a bad thing. I could die here. Like, did that? I don't, I don't think you think. I don't, don't uh, think we were always in fearful. Of course. You know, because you're, you're right on the front. There's yeah. nothing between you. And, <laughs> yeah. And uh, so there is that constant uh, alertness and fear. But... Uh, Thank goodness you're with buddies. Now, I've been talking about replacements. We got a whole pile of replacements. We were down to, I think it was like eight guys out of a company of over 100 uh, when we were at at Colmar. And we went up to Holland, and they brought in all these new replacements, officers and Mm -hmm. whatever we needed, back to full strength. And those guys finished up the war for us. And when I first went to our first reunion, I didn't recognize anybody. I thought, who the hell are all these guys? And they were all replacements. The originals, gone. You know. The yeah. Did, did, was, what, what do you think was the reason why the Americans were able to to win. You say they had these Panzer oh. tanks and the Germans. What was the difference the, on the front lines, you think? Oh, the difference is the fact that we're producing, outproducing everybody. You know, the Germans had a lot of things, but uh, we're, a, we're, make, they're, we're making more tanks, we're making more airplanes, more bombs, everything. Because they're fighting two fronts. Yeah. Yeah. And did you, like you said, you didn't know you were young and you didn't realize, yeah. but years later, did you realize that you were, um, I was fight. we were fighting a product of evil. Not to say every German soldier, I don't know, was no, well, 100% well, in. When but, the war yeah. is over, yeah. uh, we were, the Germans that we, that were taken prisoner, then also the ones that gave up. Yeah. A lot of them just at the end they gave up. Yeah. They were actually running the camps for us 
they were taking care of the food and all the everything else. Yeah. Uh, and uh, they were all good guys. They were doing the same thing we're doing. Yeah. How can you hate somebody? You know. Right. Uh, because right. not every soldier believes in that cause. Probably, maybe they thought they would die if yeah. they weren't, a, you know, going to be a soldier. Yeah. Right? I mean, it's yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's hard to. My memory's fading now. Um, there is a book. It was written, co-written, by our captain, our. The, the captain who took over the captain, who had made reunions down in St. Charles, Missouri. Okay. And, uh, let's see what my train of thought is here. Uh, There's something about a book. Uh, yeah. He shipped all of the stuff to a, the son of one of the squad leaders uh -huh. out in Seattle. All the papers that he had and everything, because now we're thinking about the history of what went on uh -huh. for us, just us personally, and everybody's starting to die. And who's got all the information? So he he took it. I I sent information, and whoever was alive still and could yeah. could do it, would sent the information on. Uh, to a girl, a guy by the name of Scott Adams. Mm -hmm. His dad was Earl Adams. His dad came home, went to school, ROTC, and ended up a colonel. Scott went to Annapolis mm -hmm. and ended up a major. And now he was in charge of infantry companies over in Germany. And now he's out of the service, and he's a teacher. He's 69 years old now, I said, and he's teaching uh, disadvantaged kids mm -hmm. out in Seattle. Mm -hmm. And he also wrote, put together all the information and contacted everybody that he could mm -hmm. and wrote this book, actually, he was not the, he was the sole guy that make that wrote the book about everything, so yeah. that's that's around. Okay. But um, uh, thank goodness. Yeah. They did it that way. Yeah. yeah. Because uh, otherwise we would have no only what only what our memories are. I sat down and wrote about it for a while. It's on the computer that we no longer use. <laughs> I'll be, and I don't know where it is on the computer. I can't get it out. I can help you find it. Huh? I'll help you find it. Uh, I can help it's you. It's not even hooked up anymore. <laughs> it's, um, it's just laptops. Yeah. And that's it. And I don't even use a computer anymore. Yeah. And I don't have an iPhone. <laughs> but you're better off. Yeah. You're better well, off. Well, he's... <laughs> Scott contact well, just contacted me because he was asking about about uh, the, uh, West Haverford West Haver, Haverford West. He was wondering about uh, if uh, what kind of training we had there. Well, all I can remember is. 
going up the damn hills and back down the hills that are in Wales. There, they're, they're, they're tough, tough hills. Yeah. That was our training as far as that goes. Did you what, what, take me back to the day you you left after it was either over or were you there when the war ended or did you oh, yeah. go before that? Okay, I was there when it ended. Uh, when did you we find were out? off the line? Yeah, because now things were starting to squeeze because you were, were you know, they're right up at the, they're beyond the Rhine. They're now they're on the, on the, the uh, water that's going to be the way to Berlin. Yeah. But the Russians wanted Berlin. Right. And as far as we were concerned, they could have it. Have it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because yeah, the next step would be preparing for Japan. And we're all going to be dead. Yeah. If they hadn't had that bomb, we'd all be dead. Because there's just no way the Japanese were going to let us come over there and land. I thought the same thing about how the Japanese fighting spirit, and I don't think they would have, they would have died, the, every yeah, one of them in the yeah, country yeah, would have died. Yeah, they, they fight until they die. Yep, I, I 100% believe yeah. that. So that was, uh, we're now in uh, uh, tent camps. In um, back, actually it's in World War One. Trench, trenches are just outside of the, the place. It's, uh, it's just north of, North and east of Reims and Paris, where they had us. When you found out the war was over, what was your first, did you feel relief? What did you feel? Uh, well, the war was over there. Well, for you. Okay. For you. Yeah. But now we're back, pulled back, and we're cadre now in the camp uh, Baltimore and these tent camps. There's Camp New York and Camp... Camp New York, Camp Baltimore. Can't think of any other ones. Anyways, they're all tent camps. And we're processing troops now coming back. The whole divisions coming back. We're processing them to go to Japan. Mm -hmm. So we're pretty lucky because we're processing them. We'll be the last to go to Japan. <laughs> then the damn war ended. Thank goodness. Thank goodness. Yeah, and now, if you you needed points to come home, points, points, I had um, you needed at least thirty-one points or something like that. That would be the number of years in your service. I forget how else they they brought it. The number of battles and this and that. Okay. Some formula. Right. And uh, if you. The first ones to come back would be the highest points. Mm -hmm. Well, I had average points, of course, because mm -hmm. we didn't get in until late. Yeah. And uh, the war ended when? But when did the war end? When? 40, oh, 1945. 45? Yeah. And I didn't get home until March 1946. Wow. I wanted to, I really wanted to uh, uh, get home faster, but I didn't, How? there's no way you can beat it, because you go from from our camps, the, the city camps, uh -huh. to the cigarette camps, Lucky Strike, Pall Mall, 
and uh, Chesterfield, and I don't know what else. All <laughs> these, gun, these were city, uh, you know, cigarette camps, yeah. and they were the beginning to going to uh, uh, going home. Where were these camps, Chesterfield? Yeah, I can't even remember where they were. In in Europe, they were in, or? in France. In France, in okay, France. Yeah, yeah. But on the other side, I think of Paris, west of Paris, someplace. Mm -hmm. I can't remember where the hell they okay. were. Okay, yeah. Yeah. And uh, meantime, they did a lot for us. Uh, they offered you time to go places, give you passes. Mm -hmm. I got, uh, I went skiing in a place called Val de Serre with international French ski team was our teachers, except they wow. all they only spoke French. Oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> and they didn't associate with you because it was a lot of women. Really? You know, okay. and they they know about American guys. <laughs> so I spent a couple of weeks up Belvedere skiing, and then. Uh, a little bit after that, when I got back to the camp, uh, a friend, a good friend, who didn't smoke, gave me his carton of Lucky Strikes. Okay. And with that, I took into Paris and sold them for money. And with that money, which would be uh, maybe like 1,500 francs or something like that, which I don't even know what the American money would be. I took uh, the ferry across to London, got on the train, went up to Edinburgh, and then took the train to um, the golf course. Uh, golf course? St. Andrews. Really? And play golf at St. Andrews. And then went back and played all other different golf courses. I didn't need clubs because they'd provide you with clubs. Yeah. And uh, from there to London, I played different golf courses. You were free to do this? Yeah, yeah. You were no more orders? No oh, more. I'm, I'm in the service, yeah. You were in the service? Yeah. They uh, allowed you yeah. time off? To yeah. Them? Really? But I... I ran out of money because, you know, I'm sending most of the money home. I never see it. You were sending it to, to, to who at this time? Home. Send it home to be put into the bank. Really? Okay. Yeah. Smart. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I, had a, I had a good time uh, on there, but I wanted to come home, but there was no way I was going to get home. And then you finally came home in March of yeah, 46. got home in March. And made the biggest mistake of my life. Wow. I signed up within a week. I signed up to go back to the U of Minnesota. And I'm in no shape to go back to school. No shape at all. <laughs> How the heck did you want to go I to school? I think I had. Uh, what, what PTSD? We, maybe? I, I had the. Uh, uh, the. the PTSD? PTSD. I'm pretty sure I had it. Yeah. Because I I wasn't a student. Yeah. Yeah. I should have waited a little bit, to, but uh, the reason I went is because the other guys that had been home earlier. Yeah. 
They were all my friends, and they're at school. Did you, was there, was there something specifically that you saw in war that bothered you that? Have no idea. Yeah. Okay. Don't know what. Yeah. No. I didn't. Yeah. Uh, I just, I sat down to write about the war shortly after with a good friend. We were going to, and all I got was war is hell. And boy, it sure is. There's no way you won a war. Yeah. Years later, you had this time to reflect. You were a 19-year-old kid going over there. All these years later, what do, what do you take away from, from, that, from that experience? Hmm. Well, they never, our friends, my friends were not infantrymen, mm -hmm. and they never understood infantry. As a matter of fact, it's every one out of eleven is an infantryman, and the other are all trying to do other things. <laughs> okay, you know, engineers, yeah. pilots, this and that. Most of my friends were pilots, mm -hmm. just because. You could, you could do it. Yeah. 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 I had, and I lost a lot of friends that were pilots, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, the last guy I know that was in the Navy Air Corps, he just went before, just before I did, to, to, to the Navy, and he made it. He made it all the way through. Mm-hmm. And he was home, wounded, before I even got into the Army. You know, it was 30, 60, 90 days, go to the Pacific, get shot. That was the Navy. Yeah. Except for George Bush. <laughs> did, did, you, did you feel, um, looking back at war, years later, that this, some things could be avoided, that we don't always have no, to send. I don't th I'm not that, Yeah. I don't think that much. Okay. Uh, yeah. All I know is that uh, I've been trying to gather information as much as possible in my memory. Yeah. Like Scott will call me every now and then and want to know more about it, to jig <laughs> jiggle up my memory a sure. little bit. Because he's uh, putting out, I don't know, on YouTube or something, the this, this story. Yeah. Yeah. And w besides Saving Private Ryan, was there another depiction or a documentary that you think that was very I'm accurate? I'm trying to think. Uh, just reading about it. Yeah. Uh, what the hell was it? <laughs> the uh, title. Best years of our lives. Okay. That was cool. That was a that while was ago. Yeah, in nineteen forty six. Yeah, that was. A <laughs> and that was uh, that was quite moving. I thought. Uh huh. That movie. Yeah. 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 Because it was real guys. Yeah. Yeah. What had happened? Yeah. Ray, I I mean, uh, Veterans Day coming up. We can't thank you enough for your service. Yeah. 
I really, I, your generation was just the best, unbelievable. And um, again, you, you fought the Nazis and we, none of us would be here yeah. without your generation. I love troops. I love, yeah. I appreciate this service. Thank you so much yeah. for doing yeah. this and talking to me. Well, it, it, <laughs> I just hope that we don't have to be led into anything here on, if it comes, yeah. become an officer. Yeah. Don't screw around because if they put you on a ship, you're going to eat with the officers. You're not going to eat <laughs> down yeah. a, out of a tin pan. Yeah. And uh, you can uh, you can do your part in the war as a as an officer just as well as as a, as an enlisted man. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's my advice. That's your advice. So, yeah. <laughs> I don't have any sons. Yeah. But my advice is if you're going to do it, uh, go to ROTC and get it done with. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much for yeah. doing this. Yeah. I really well, appreciate Well, I mean, that. <laughs> we just, it was just something that when we were in high school, yeah. you know, it was just something that everybody did. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, I was, I, my my mind track here. Sure. Uh, Jack Wood was the one that came back wounded, mm -hmm. but he so he no longer could fly as far as they were concerned. But he was an officer, so he went out to San Francisco and he was in part of that Navy thing with the Navy Air Corps and so on. Mm -hmm. And uh, he just died. He he became a very successful developer uh, in Florida, mm -hmm. very wealthy, and uh, he was uh, just a couple of years, or a couple of uh, months younger than I was. Uh, he, he just conked. Now, I don't know of anybody else that's around, because um, most of the guys that were flyers, they're gone. And um, mm. the ones that, during the war, my one of my best playmates went down on a B-29 when they were first trying, flying B-29s. Mm. Uh, another classmate who was a good friend went down as a Marine flyer. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, then there was a another friend who I was in business with together after the war in the junk business. We were in the junk business. Mm -hmm. He was uh, he went down in the Pacific and they re they recovered him, and brought him back. <laughs> <laughs> but he's an alcoholic, mm -hmm. and he was not not, not around uh, mm -hmm. anymore. When, yeah. you, when you're shooting the sniper at long distance, what are those, the most important things to remember when you're uh, shooting? Well, you want to get it. You want to hit them. Yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> of course. I never walked over to find out if they were dead. I'm not going to do that. It, <laughs> yeah. you know, it, uh, and I don't care. I, at least I did my bit in trying to stop them. Right. And... As a sniper, when you're, we're on the offense, there isn't that much for the sniper to do. It'd be more firepower that you need, not right. accuracy. 
and uh, that Durand rifle was a was a good one because you could go bang, 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 you know, and uh, it's going to scare the hell out of anybody that's at the end of it. What was your purpose? Were you trying to hit officers or were you trying to hit officers? Officers. That's what I would try to go for. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Make uh, any uh, any other things that don't shoot from the same place twice. I've heard or is well, there. It's very difficult to pin down where these shots are coming from. Okay. Yeah, it's, uh, I remember being in a farmyard in, where the hell was it? It was in Belgium. Mm -hmm. No, it was in Germany, barnyard. And, uh, collecting eggs and for eating. Uh, this is a farmyard that's working and there's a hen, there's a hen house right. and, uh, of collecting eggs and all of a sudden one of the guys that's along with us doing this gets hit. Oh my god. We couldn't find the guy. We couldn't find the shooter. No, it just, uh, no way. What do you do? How do you, do you just go for cover? Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, you try to figure out, you know, where <laughs> it's it came coming. from. <laughs> but but uh, I'm trying to also find out who I'm going to, I can zero on them because I've got a scope. Right. Yeah. Wow. I, I can remember uh, uh, Christmas Day. Um, the skies, the clouds went away, and a blue sky. Now the Army, or the Air Corps, can now get their sh planes over to Europe, there, over Germany. Right. And we're sitting there on this hill, looking up, and it's droning with B-17s coming across, and there's black smoke. And there's parachutes coming out, and everything's happening. And there's and there's fighter planes buzzing in and out, and uh, it was uh, one of the fellows that had another sniper's rifle with a scope mm -hmm. was watching all this with his scope to see if he could see what the hell's going on, mm -hmm. and he said it was the most amazing. Most amazing uh, view. He soon threw away the rifle because it was so dangerous. Really? He didn't want it. After he was, you know, he was thinking, you know, if he gets captured, they're gonna come after him. Yeah. They're gonna he torture up, him. I think, he, I think he ended up. He came from Alabama. Wow. And uh, he ended up, I think, with 12 kids. <laughs> he was an educator in uh, uh, Starkville, Starkville, uh, Alabama. Okay. Which is a state college. Mm -hmm. And uh, he showed up at some of the reunions. 
Yeah. And because, like you said, that they, they knew that if you get caught with the rifle, yeah, it's bad news. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a chance you take. Yeah. Yeah. Good. I, Ray, I thank you for your time. Yeah, I well, think I, that's. Well, <laughs> I just didn't. Uh, <laughs> I appreciate it. Uh, thank you so I much. I got all this stuff out here. <laughs> this is great.